Bokartov, we're doing the 15th Mizmor of Tehilim. The 15th Mizmor is an interesting one because the, the Mizmor is a discussion about the righteousness of man. So the Mizmor goes step by step through all of the, the righteous behaviors that describe the, the perfectly good man, the man who's walking in the way of God or the man who will deserve to sit in the house of God. There's a Gemara at the end of, the end of Masachat Makot that goes through, that, that at length goes and describes all of these, uh, these, these descriptions of a good man and comes to the conclusion that there are 11 total. That all of these good traits are condensed into 11 traits. So maybe if somebody wants to try, try, and, count, try and count how we arrive at 11 total good traits, um, you could do that. But um, the like the thirteen attributes. Yeah, kind of like the thirteen attributes. Right, this is the eleven attributes of man's goodness. Okay, so Mizmor begins chapter fifteen, pasuk Aleph. Mizmor le David, a psalm for David. Adonai mi agur be'aholecha, mi ishkon behar kochecha. God, who will live in your tent? Who will dwell in your holy mountain? So what does it mean to live in God's tent and to dwell on His holy mountain? Under, under His auspicious. So, so the Peshat could be two ways. Traditionally, the Mifarshim said it means who is close to God, because these are the places that are close to God, right? Who will dwell in God's tent, probably reference uh, the Bet Mikdash, because the second half of, yes, the, the, of the thing says the mountain of your holy, your holy mountain, which is obviously reference to the Hara Moriah. Yes. So if it's referring to the Bet Mikdash, it means who will be close to the Shekhinah. Which man is close to the Shekhinah? The Radak, however, interprets it as who will dwell, who will have a portion in the world to come. The Radak says that when it says God's portion, or God's, sorry, God's tent, it's referring to God's tent in the next world. Okay? So who will have a portion in the next world? Or who is considered someone who is close to God? Now we're going to read all of them. It's only four psukim. We'll read all of these things, and I want to see if there's any running theme between these four pesukim. Holech tamim ufu'al tzedek. Who walks with integrity, with innocence, and does actions of righteousness. Bedover emet bilvavo. And speaks the truth of his heart. Meaning that if there is a, a something in his heart, he's not going to say something that's different from what's in his heart. Which would be it's a typical lie. He's transparent, he's honest, he's innocent. The word tamim means innocence in the sense, it could almost mean like naive. But the same way, the naive person who is innocent doesn't have, he may frustrate people, but he doesn't, he doesn't do anything evil to people, right? So if you take away the naivete and you move a little bit further away from being naive, then you get innocence, which is, you know, the guy isn't dumb, he just has no malintent towards other people. He has no intention to... No malignancy. To, yeah, and he has no, no plans to, to trick other people or to get something out of people as ill-gotten. So, so that would be Tamim. He, he goes in the innocent path. He walks innocently. He walks with, with innocence and he does actions that are good. Tzedek is righteous. And he speaks the truth that is in his heart. There's an interesting alternative explanation to Vidovera Medbil Babo. There is a Gemara, 
I, I forgot who was the, the rabbi in the Gemara, but it was, maybe it was Rabbi Yosef, who one time he was saying the Kriyat Shema, he's in the middle of saying Kriyat Shema, and then someone comes to him and says, I want to buy one of your items. So he says, and he doesn't realize that the rabbi is he's praying Kriyat Shema. So he tells, says, I'm going to pay $100 for it. And then he, and then he doesn't answer. Rabbi, the, the rabbi doesn't answer because he's in the middle of Kriyat Shema. And the person doesn't realize, so he thinks the rabbi is refusing. He says, okay, I'll pay you $1,000. And he still doesn't answer. Then he says, I'll pay you $10,000. And he doesn't answer. And then, whenever he finishes the Shema, he turns to the guy and what does he tell him? I'm sorry, for 100. I'll give it to you for 100. At Why? Because I was already, I was already, already at 100. In my heart, I decided that I'm going to be, I'm going to sell it to you. So there would be, would be this trait of whatever he decides in his heart, he, he, that, that's what's emet to him. You know, that's, that's what he goes by. It's a very high standard of honesty in business. Imagine every time in business, someone came to you and uh, you got lucky that someone made a mistake and offered you more than he should have, more than he would have taken. Right? And you knew he really would have wanted to charge you less. But for some mistake... You know, he, it, it ends up being that you're getting more. For example, a person, I don't know, doesn't know what the typical uh, uh, markup is or something like that. So he comes and he offers you an insane markup. Also so, in buying. So we're, we're allowed, um, there are, there are actually halachot. What happens in buying. Right. Two sides of the coin. There are halachot, which, which how to deal with these things. If, you could, if it's a mistake, then in, on, in, in, according to halacha, you have to, you, have to, you know, tell the person that they're making a mistake. Um, but let's say it's not, let's say it's just like a, you know, still, if you want to be extremely, I don't know if it's how many people can do this, but if you want to be extremely honest, then even in such a case, you go by what your heart would have said and not by anything. But I don't know if that's a standard, that's a really high standard of honesty. The problem is, that, the and, problem is that price fluctuates. So maybe three months right, ago, right, you would right. have been content at... Uh, no, I'm not, like I'm not saying it's, a, it's so practical. But at that moment, if you see that the client is making a mistake, yes, you have to advise right. So I'm, I'm not saying it's so practical. But, but um, and that's a very high standard of honesty in business. If it's within the confines of halakha and there is no actual mistake involved, then negotiations are fair. It's also the other way. Maybe the supplier is giving it to you, suddenly making a mistake, he's giving it to you too cheap. Right. And you have to advise him, listen, you're making a mistake. Yes, something is not right. Or, or something... Uh, what the, what the, if you're buying a ruby and it becomes a red uh, diamond? Uh, <laughs> that was your luck. Okay, so it happened. The the final thing, honestly, the, the final interpretation of that he speaks the truth in his heart is uh, this is a more of a psychological one. This is my own interpretation: is that he does not he does not lie to himself. Speaking truth in your heart means that you also means that there is a very very human capability of self deception, of lying to oneself. It's, it's okay, um, it's okay. You can... when, whenever you tell yourself that something is okay, when deep down you know it's not. Now, there's a, we all do this. It's a constant struggle. Do we honestly believe that what we did is fair? Or when somebody just confronts us about it, do we just say, okay, it was fair, what do you mean? Sometimes we are pushed in that direction. Do we honestly believe that the way we treated that person was nice? Or only whenever our wife comes to us and says, excuse me, that wasn't so appropriate, do we start to think of excuses and then you get in a fight with your wife because she called you out on doing something inappropriate? Now, that you knew deep down was already wrong. When you, that you knew deep down was already wrong. So that's, that's self-deception. Yes, and you have to be able to say and, to yourself... And we all do it. We all do it. We, make, all, we all choose to be dishonest with ourselves when it's to our own benefit. 
So Vidovera Met Pilhavo would mean that he speaks the truth that is in his heart, meaning whatever truth that he knows deep down is true, that's what he takes seriously. He doesn't listen to his own lies that he lies to himself about. Now it's it's as it's not as um it's a very common thing, meaning people the the level of self-deception that is possible is, is very deep. I mean, in politics, it's, it's as, as deep as it gets. Yeah, they, they believe right? that they're right. How many they politics, believe, even though they know they're wrong, they believe they're right. Deep down, do these politicians really believe that if you print $2 trillion, you're going to have less inflation? That's not self-deception. Bro. That's like, that's training. You think it's brainwash? <laughs> it's like a master's degree or something. <laughs> so, whatever. I'm saying, I'm saying deep down, people, people do have this tendency to lie to themselves. It's a very common thing within the human condition. Yes. We lie to ourselves about the nature of things. We lie to ourselves about the result of our actions. We convince. We lie to it's more than, than that. We convince ourselves that we right. are right. So we that, are convincing. That's not, that's not honest. Okay, and that's, that's a very, we all do it in our personal lives and it happens in the political spectrum. Yes. The political spectrum lives, lives off of this. When you're quarreling with somebody, you always think that you're right. Every, everything is, is dishonest. Okay? You're never at fault. Pasuk 3. He did not speak Lashon Hara with his tongue and he did not do anything evil to his friend. And he does not tolerate disgrace for his friend. This is a very, very important one. Rabbi, each of these phrases, there are, there are more than one attribute of... They're, they're broad. Yeah, broad. there's a few different... Uh, yeah, there are, there are different elements. I think the, the 11, they're all in here. Yeah. Yes. tamim, tzedek, yes. four. did not do bad to his friend is yes. five. six. We're up to number six, okay? Yes. So not, not tolerating... we are also in the tent of Hashem. That means we are closeness to Hashem. Not tolerating, right, uh, not tolerate. oh, I don't know, it, that, we'll see if that one is one of them. He, not tolerating uh, disgrace of your fellows is a very important one, because we are sometimes very often in positions where we see someone as being humiliated. And we choose the, we choose this, the, the one now, who's humiliating. I, I'll, give, I'll give you an example, I'll give you an, wow. an, an, an incredible example, which is lifnim mishurat adin, which means it's more than a person probably has to do, but it's, it's just a perfect example of not tolerating disgrace of your fellow. Um, there was once a, an event in, that was in someone's backyard and at a pool. And one of the guys mistakenly fell into the pool. So all of his clothes are wet and everybody else is dressed nice and he's in. So there's another person there. He's a very, very good person. He jumped in the pool right after him. So that he wouldn't get the, So that the people would, exactly. So that the first one would not be the only person. That's a level of, of righteousness of, that, that's, you know, I don't know how many people have to get to that level. But the idea is you see your person's in disgrace and you could do something and you do not want, you do not want to tolerate seeing him being shamed. By himself, so you sorry. could do whatever you can to, to, to save him, to alleviate, alleviate, to alleviate the shame, right? So that's what happened in that case. Okay. He is, in his own eyes, he is disgraced and he's repugnant or repugnant. But... Although to himself he considers himself low and he doesn't he doesn't think he's anything special, the people who fear God he respects, he honors. Nishba lehara velo yamir, he swears to desist and he does not deviate from his swears. So the person will say, "I nishba lehara means I swear not to do something." So he swears not to do something and he honors his swear. Okay. So what are we at? Nivzeh benab nimas he. Uh, in his own eyes, he considers himself low. That's, that's seven. The people who fear God, he respects. 
and which is interesting because if he is a fear of God and he doesn't respect himself and he doesn't respect himself, then you expect maybe he he, he doesn't respect other people who fear God. Correct. But no, only for him. he keeps himself. He expects more out of himself than he does of other people. like he like like almost feels like he's uh, degraded, low. Yeah, bazui. He feel he feels shameful of his own of his own status. I mean, that's, that's not something of. Uh, that's, that's by the way, there's another, there's another interpretation, by the way, there's another interpretation, which I think may even be more Peshat, is Nivzeh Be'inab Nimas. The one who is disgraceful, meaning the one who's disgraceful with his actions, in his eyes is, is disgusting. He's already gave you know, up. Some He's people, already gave up himself. They, they claim they want to be good, but then their biggest, biggest idols in life are the people they see on Instagram. You know? But there are other people who are consistent. Look, I want to live a good life. The fact that this person is wearing, I don't know, this and this and this jacket uh, and is flying pri- on a private jet and is showing off on Instagram, that's, uh, that's, dis- that's, not, that's not me. That's you know? a dream. No, I know. It's just, it's, th- these people are, are, are empty, you know, and they're consistent because they, they, don't, they don't idolize the people that they claim they don't want to live like. You know? They say they want to be righteous, but then the people that they're constantly looking at and idolizing or admiring are the people on Instagram who are living utterly decadent lives, right? So this person, the person who is disgraceful, in his eyes, is disgusting. So you see that first three words, you could either interpret it as going on himself or going on people that are actually disgraceful, that he considers them, he doesn't respect them. But despite the fact that he considers those low people decadent and he's true about that, the people who fear God, he respects them. So instead of following these so-and-so people on Instagram, he follows so-and-so rabbi and, you know, wants to hear what that person has to say, wants the rabbi has to say, okay? He swears not to do things and he does not violate his swear, okay? So we're at nine so far. Puzzle five, last one. He did not give, he does not give his money with interest. And for a innocent man, he does not take bribes. So the perushanat could be that even if the person is obviously innocent, he won't take a bribe in order to free him because even that is already going too far. Meaning the person is 100% innocent. Just taking the bribe is by itself. Taking, is, uh, even, even if it's in, the point yes. is, even if it's independent of the court case at hand, meaning even if it has no bearing on the truth of the, how the outcome of the judgment is going to be, the bribe is still forbidden. So even for someone who's innocent, he won't take a bribe. Okay? And he does not give his money. Um, there is a... Um, I think it's in the Rambam that he says, even to Goyim, one should try not to give money with interest. Yes. Because once a person gets used to accepting money with interest, then they may begin to do even with Jews. Okay? They're going to hate Whoever does these... Whoever does these will not stumble forever. Now the Gemara asks, so what, only if a person does all of these things, will he not stumble? How is a person going to do all of these things? Remember, we described 11 attributes, all of which are pretty difficult to achieve. So the Gemara says, it does not say, I think Rabbi Akiva answers, it does not say, it doesn't say whoever does every last thing. It says whoever does these things, if you try your best and you do any of these things, then you will not stumble. Okay, so if a person does any of these 11 attributes, he will not stumble. Um, to review, we had 11 of these attributes. Yes. What was the underlying theme between all of them? What was the commonality between all of these things? 
that none of them are Ben Adam Lamakom. Did you notice? Yeah, it's nothing to do with None them. of them are who he goes and he brings a Korban. And he prays the Amidah for seven minutes. It's and all he man to man. wears two tefillins. And he puts his second pair of tzitzidah. And he wears tzitzidah at night. None of these things are what describes the person who will live in the, in the presence of God. These are all things that are between men. A person who wants to achieve closeness to the Shekhinah needs to first be able to be close to the people who were given a piece of the Shekhinah, meaning to the people who were given Salam Elohim. That's other people. Once a person learns how to, in, once a person learns how to interact with the Salam Elohim that's seen in everybody else, then he's able to be close to the real originator of the Salam Elohim, which is Borei Olam. Baruch Adonai Amen. 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 Amen